welcome back to another episode of 52 in 52, a podcast where you watch at least one movie a week for every week in the year and record an episode about it. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about Power Rangers. Um, so today, Josh and I are joined by Andy Hutchins, who was on one of our previous podcasts. Uh, Andy and I did an episode on Sleepless, which was a very interesting. The only episode movie. of Fifty Two and Fifty Two which I have not listened to in its entirety. Yeah, I, I listened to. Um, I listened to. Wow, y'all's, I don't know uh, if that's high praise or not, but <laughs> I mean, I listened to the Will Smith Jamie Fox thing. But when both of you told me I shouldn't see the movie kind of took away any incentive for me to listen to the first 40 minutes of that podcast <laughs> it sounds yeah. to me like you got the most important part of that podcast though yeah. yeah that was a good discussion um anyway andy thank you for joining us how you doing today man i'm good thanks for having me um so we're gonna be talking about power rangers if you guys don't know they rebooted power rangers uh director is dean israelite who uh actually made a movie that i really like and i encouraged josh to watch um a couple months ago um, like a year ago, and I did watch it. Is that damn? Dude, is that that long ago, dude? Yeah, that's crazy. Came um, out twenty fifteen. Project Almanac. Yeah, Project Almanac. Um, I I like it a lot. Um, if you guys want to check it out, obviously some studios liked it enough to give him the the lead for this franchise. Um, it stars a bunch of so obviously there's like five teenagers that it stars. Uh, R.J. Siler, uh, who's probably the most the, famous person the, of the five of them. The only one that. Most anyone will have probably seen in anything. Becky yeah. G is absolutely the most famous of the five of them, but R.J. Um, Siler is the only one famous. Not for in acting. the not yeah, well, not in the movie side. I, I yeah. guess okay. I meant um, yeah. uh, Becky G, like Andy said, is she a singer. Uh, yes. Yep. Okay, that's why yes. I don't know who she is. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, uh, a guy named Ludi Lin. Uh, I've never seen him before. Uh, Naomi Scott, and then a guy whom we are going to refer to as uh, off-brand Zach Efron, uh, aptly named by Josh. Um, I think and then Andy came to that. I think Andy came to that independently too. Did he? Yeah. I'm, no, I mean I'm I don't. Absolutely going to refer to him as off-brand Zach Efron. <laughs> yeah, I I completely don't blame you at all because he as soon as uh, Josh mentioned it, I I was like, yeah, this is perfect. Um, and then Elizabeth Banks plays the villain. Brian Cranston plays Zordon. And Bill Hader voices the robot Alpha Five. Um, let's just start, I guess. Andy, quick, did you like it? Did you not like it? Quick thoughts on the movie. I liked it, and I think the important thing is, what relationship do you have with Power Rangers the series? Yeah, that's what I wanted were, to talk about first. Were you a fan growing up? Was it important to you? Because for me, it was the first thing I really remember watching and consuming, as far as pop culture is concerned. I was watching it, you know, in the mornings before school. I don't think it was on after school, but. Kindergarten, first grade, second grade. The original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers was what I was watching. And I think my brother, too. Yeah. And so so it was a formative thing for me, and my basis for liking this has a lot to do with that. I can see having different opinions on this based on what you thought about original Power Rangers. So Yeah, Josh, that. why don't you, you go ahead, too? Well, I, I'll say I probably have the same experience as Andy as far as it being one of the first things I remember watching. I had the action figures and stuff, but it wasn't like I had, like, I have those memories, but it's not like I have, like, super fondness for those memories, and I was, like, super excited to go back for, like, nostalgic reasons in that way. I think sure. I'm probably more similar to you in that I just enjoy the trailer and like movies that have that aesthetic, and I was excited for that reasons more so than just, like, the little kid in me, if that makes sense. Yeah, and it's interesting, actually. I called my mom, or she called me while I was in the movie, and I was walking. The theater's, like, five minutes from my apartment, so... 
was walking back and I called her and she's like, oh, where were you? I said, I was at the movies. She said, what'd you see? I said, Power Rangers. And she was like, oh, Power Rangers. I used to love Power Rangers so much. <laughs> so many action figures still in the basement. I, don't know. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Um, so I, I liked it too. Uh, I love the Ivan News movie still to this day. Um, Have you so watched I, it in the last 15 years of your life? Because Yes, it's great. Don't. No, don't um, never. The, the what movie? The Ivan News Power Rangers movie. Oh no! I'm not sure what it's called, but it's the it's the first yeah. Power Rangers movie. Yeah, I don't I don't know the actual title. Um, okay, so you're you're, yeah, so you're even more in on it than me. Then I I didn't even know what that was. Jumping off what Andy said, I think it's important, like when you're talking about this movie, to understand that it's not a movie for critics. I think is a good way to put it. Um, no. I think that you have to understand the target audience, and I think the target audience is people like us who. Uh, are going to see the movie for nostalgic purposes and then that it's a reboot of a franchise that's aimed for smaller children um, to go to and sort of like have these teenagers slash superheroes slash, um, you know, whatever you want to call them, kids in high school to look up to and sort of relate to in their lives while they grow up and see the struggles these kids go through as people and sort of like the adversity. Um, and I, And for me, like knowing that, like, I, I didn't think this was going to be like the greatest movie ever, but I think they did a really good job in that aspect, hitting their target audience. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think this is 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 very much a movie that is aimed at me and people like me who, um, you know, maybe thought at one point that they were too cool for Power Rangers, that they <laughs> they'd grown out of it, and that this was not necessarily a nostalgia fest that they actually needed to be into because it's weird. I think, you know, Transformers was aimed at eighties kids, but Power Rangers is obviously definitely aimed at nineties kids. Um, but it, this does a really good job. I think of not only hitting all the beats that I kind of expected it to hit going in, but aging up the humor a little yeah. bit, making it a far more, you know, the original Power Rangers TV show, the American version anyway, is, it's sort of 90s diversity in the fact that here are a bunch of kids who are of different races and are the very stock characters <laughs> from those different races. And this sure. isn't that. This this does a better job with, I think, authentic diversity. And I think it's just, you know, obviously it's a very Power Rangers-y plot, but yes. it, it does everything it needs to do. It's not like this is going off the rails or reinventing what Power Rangers was. It's just sort of applying a new fresh coat of paint. I think that's a good thing. Well, yeah. I, go ahead, Josh. Well, I was going to say that I, I – well, for one thing, I like I said, I'm not I – I wasn't necessarily there to recapture my youth. I was there to still watch a good movie. But I, I saw some critics were kind of saying they felt that it did shy away from the show that inspired it so much. It was like a line I saw – I didn't read too many reviews, but I saw that sentiment a little bit some places. But it seems like you guys don't necessarily agree with that. No, I, I don't agree with that. I, I agree 100 percent with Andy. I think that they updated it and made it uh, present as – well as they probably could have and um whatever changes or differences you want to take from that from pre the previous show i mean i don't know it's it, it's it's a cinematic universe now so i don't know i think that they sort of <laughs> put their own spin on it to me it's crazy to think that this is actually going to be a cinematic universe and there's 100 percent going to be a power rangers too yeah like there, there will be more movies from this it's incredible. Are you mad? You sound upset about that, though. No, it's just it, I'm not upset about it. And I'll actually I will definitely go see the next movie. But, but I think they set they set up the next movie well in this movie. I haven't really gotten to um, well I. I haven't really gotten to, I haven't really said it as much as you guys, but I definitely didn't like this movie as much as you guys. But I'll totally see the sequel. Uh, 
my thing what is... What didn't that, you like about it? Well, mainly I think that they... Like, while, yes, we can applaud it for diversity, I really didn't think they serviced the... Um, Zach, who's the, the Asian guy, or the... I guess the Becky, the, the Yellow Ranger, the Becky G character that well at all. Um, I thought that it felt like that they, they did fine with the other three, but it felt like they like were like, oh, shit, we probably need to do something with them. Let's go show him taking care of his mom and like show a couple scenes at her family dinner table. And they, it was just kind of th- like they, they were aggressive. They were very aggressive in just having her like not talk at all for so much of the movie that like I really just didn't give a shit about her. And, and with him, it was like he'd come in and give a few snarky quips and kind of be an asshole and then it's like oh but he has a soft side and then that was it like i I, they were just so it felt they felt very thrown in there to me and i I think like we we did that we did our life podcast last week and while yeah the other i think the other three are better characters than anyone in that movie i think a lack of developing characters in that way bothers me more in a movie like this where it's like so focused on the relationships between everyone as opposed to like a movie where everyone's running from an alien like this like this movie is all about them not being it's not coming together as a team not coming together as a team why can't we come together as a team and i when i didn't care about a fourth of the team or two-fifths of the team it was just very very annoying but I think by the end, like, and by the next movie, it's just not going to be so much focused on that, and it'll be they'll turn their focus somewhere else. And I like the way this movie looks enough, and I like the actors enough that I, I'll definitely be there the next time. But that was probably my biggest problem with it. I mean, I don't you have think any thoughts on movie, that, Andy. I don't think this is a movie without problems. I think that definitely, uh, I think the portrayals of both of the female Rangers, Kimberly and the Trini. Uh, I think they rely a little bit on the actors. I think Becky G's a pretty good actress. I think she knows what she's doing here, and she's though she's not given a whole heck of a lot to do, she's really good at what she does. Uh, the scene, the one really important scene to her character um, early on, I think, is the best scene of the movie in some respects, and that she basically just says, "Here's what happened to me," and yeah. it's from the trailers. And her mom immediately slams down a cup and says, "Piss in this cup right now." <laughs> yeah. So and like. And she's playing it exactly like a teenager in 2017 would, yeah. which yeah. I think is that's pretty good acting, despite the fact that it's a pretty thin thing for her to do. Now, Kimberly's actress, I think, is also pretty good, but her character is all over the map. Like her character is a haircut, really. And I don't think, you know, everybody else, I think you see their parents and she is kind of trying to escape the small town that they're in and maybe has some issues with her parents, but we never really see the parents, even though I think they're in the movie at some point because they're in the credits. Um, and the characterization of the Rangers was never a focal point, I think, of the original series. You knew something about Kimberly because Kimberly was always having one arc or another and you knew something about the Green Ranger, who we don't see in this movie except at the end, really. Um, yeah, I didn't stick around th- for that. But these are – the difference between going from the 20, 25-minute Power Rangers arcs in TV shows that are – really there is maybe 10 to 12 minutes of these kids acting and then 10 to 12 minutes of the Japanese original being dubbed over, right, and you're getting all the action scenes. You know, the characters were never really a focal point. And I think they did a really good job, given that, with the other three guys. And I think also the villain, Elizabeth Banks is, I think, pretty darn good in this. Uh, I think Clam is going to disagree with me on that. But she is the exact sort of screen-chewing Rita Repulsa that this movie actually needed. 
I think I think it's not a you know Oscar worthy performance in any way, but it's her sort of flipping uh, the Effie trinket that she is in the Hunger Games movies on its ear, and he, here's her turned up to twelve or thirteen or fourteen or something, yeah. and and she's having a ton of fun doing it. I think that's what Power Rangers always was when it came to its villains. These were really campy, over the top. Make yeah. no sense. You want to see them fail, villains, and she does that. I think pretty well. You see, I, I don't know. I think I, I honestly liked all the characterizations for the most part. I, I, I think that there was enough for me. I feel like, I don't know. I mean, I'm not 18 or 16 or whatever. You know, 12 years old anymore. But I just feel like there's something for each character for somebody to relate to. Like, especially mm-hmm. with the Becky G thing. Like, there are people who are just on the outside all the time and they don't talk and they, and part of it is like when they talk, nobody actually listens or believes them and they're sort of just overlooked. Um, and I don't know, I think it was like, most of it is intentional with her to sort of like show that she's like an outsider. And I mean, a little bit, some of it is over the top, but, um, she explains it. They do the scene yeah, where they're all which, sitting around the fire. She explains it. And I, yeah, I bought which, that explanation interacting in it. And that's the thing is, Same with Zach, same with uh, RJ, same with Offbrand Efron. But Naomi Scott's character sort of peaks at the beginning, and then they sort of just let her just sit there thinking like, oh, okay, like you guys get it. Yeah. Um, so I agree that there sh- there could have been more with her because I think her arc is also really interesting being like the foil to, to Jason, like the other popular person who sort of has like a status in high school kind of thing and sort of taken away from her at the same time in a different way than – Jason's is. Um, so I don't know. I think I, that art could have been way more interesting in in a movie that was actually about the characters and not sort of just servicing the plot. Like, but I feel like there's, sorry, there's actual substance to mine there, but they obviously I don't think we're going to go there in a PG-13 movie that's not about the character. Well, I think, but I think they didn't. But I, I feel know. like it tried. It tried to be enough. about. It tried to be about the characters though, because it was like yeah. all about like it was over and over again about why aren't we coming together as a team? Like yeah. it really tried to be about them. But I, I don't know. I felt like they. I felt like they almost didn't go back to the high school enough. Um, sure. It's, it's, it, it, yeah, it's I was just really going to say. Okay, go ahead. The only parts. Of, the only parts of that high school we see right are detention, and I think we see one shot in the cafeteria. Well, yeah, I remember RJ in the hallway too, and that kid tries to punch RJ, and he headbutts him to, to down. Yeah. Okay, so we see the hallway, we see uh, the cafeteria, we see detention. Yeah. I don't think we ever see the inside of a classroom. No, so no, we do. In we montages. do because yeah, it's yeah, just in really montages. quick montages. Yeah, and that's really weird for a high school movie, which this sort of is. Really. Yeah, I, w- I would have liked them to have gone back there more, like if just uh, it's different writers, and I. But if I'm just thinking about Project Almanac because they are similar yeah, looking which movies, that, did a yeah. great job with that. Yeah, and it does so much more that like you because what's so cool about that movie is there's no bad guy, and like yeah. it's, it's it's just. Uh, you, you you figure out what these what these kids' relationships are and what the different changes the main character does when he keeps traveling in time and how that how that affects everything. And while this isn't a time traveling movie, like I feel like if you just hang out with these people more in different settings, um, you might get a better sense of like why they aren't coming together in this way they keep telling us but not really showing us. And that was probably the the biggest blockade for me not connecting a little more with the movie. 
Yeah, it's interesting too because uh, the I don't want to say problem, but the, the one of the most interesting things to me about the movie was how little action sequences were actually in it. It was maybe like fifteen minutes of the two hours was actually like action. Well, that sequence. was my other big problem with the movie was I didn't like you guys maybe being a little having a little better memories. Of the original might um, might be able to speak to this a little more, but I'm, I'm assuming. That big uh, transformer type thing that they all come into. I had vague recollections of that being a part of the show, but I just didn't think it was that interesting to actually watch. We spent all this yeah. time like with them watching them train and stuff, and I would have liked to and keep hearing about these suits and they hide the ball in the suits for so long. I would have yeah. rather that there's been more hand to hand combat watching them do stuff in the suits than just them form into this big slow lumbering thing. You know? Yeah, I think there's there's definitely a lot of padding in the first i would say half of the movie maybe even the first two thirds and you know you're talking about josh your problems with them not having those relationships together and the basic conceit of the movie is right these guys have to figure out how to morph they have to actually become power rangers because it's not just the coin the morphing coins that they get that mm-hmm. enable them to do it it's their belief in each other and ability to you know assume the spiritual duties of being power rangers and they don't i think do a really good job of explaining why these kids who are apparently spending all of their time together, at least their spare time, you know, and getting to know each other, they don't ever talk to each other about why they don't think they can morph. And they don't They just say they can't morph. Yeah, and it's and it's a conflict that they could resolve in five minutes if they were real people by asking RJ Siler. RJ Siler briefly morphs, right? He figures it out and he, he morphs and they yeah. don't ever ask him why he morphed and they don't That's ever bullshit. they ask him so no, many they, times they, they do no, no, but he no, doesn't no, no. know they do but he doesn't they, know they they don't they ask him why but they don't ask each other why they think he could have morphed in that instant yeah. right well, I, okay all right counterpoint which, which i had such a huge problem with. okay counterpoint counterpoint they had like 10 days to go from being sure. people who don't know each other to finding this crazy rock shit to going underwater and finding a spaceship and aliens to te- being told, hey, you have to fight this big alien lady in 10 days or else, you know, you're all going to die. Um, so it's like, all right, we have these 16, 17 year olds. I have to deal with that. And like, I just think that they were overwhelmed because like what you're saying, like off brand Efron asked him, he's like, so he wants to know so bad. Like, what did you do? Because I want like mm-hmm. I want this for us. I want this for me. Like, I want to assume my leader role um and i mean they just don't know i mean when you're watching it it's like look he's like stepping in between them whatever he's like showing his his here's a moment of selflessness and sure yeah but at the same time i mean i don't think that it's i don't think it's such an easy i i think the fire scene was more than good enough to sort of them talk it out and explain it more than anything else could have been I'm glad the fire scene is in the movie because it's the it's the chill part of the movie that barely exists. Yeah, like this, this is a movie that has its. Uh, by the way, we need to talk about the introduction because the introduction to the movie goes as far left as it can. With here is Zordon, here is Rita Repulsa, aliens are on Earth. Like this is the weirdest thing that anybody who has never seen Power Rangers is not going to give one shit about. Um. And then we jump from that to present day and the weirdest prank that I think high school football team has ever tried to pull. <laughs> and two, jo- two jokes about masturbating a cow in the first like minute of present day movie. And it's a jarring like 
if you went into this movie thinking, oh, this is a Power Rangers movie and it's going to be just like the Power Rangers TV show that I watched 20 years ago, they smash all your expectations in about five minutes and they you know, make sure that you know that, no, this is Power Rangers for at least adults, maybe not grown-ups, but adults. Yeah, for teens. But to go, to go back to the chill scene and to the idea that these guys need to be a team, I think that a lot of that and a lot of the team-building stuff takes precedence over the individual arcs in a way that disservices some of the individual arcs. You know, I think that R.J. Seidler's character is the most compelling one in the movie, and I think they do a good job of showing his arc, but I don't think they necessarily do that same job with everybody else. I would argue that they actually did the best job with um, Zach. Yeah, I liked Zach a lot. Because I think his... He goes from basically nothing to here's this kid who's weird and hangs out on a mountain and is obviously running away from things, but is never in school and so on and so forth. Too. Well, he's working there. He's like, right, right. now? Well, he, yeah. I think he's he's hiding out there and not going to school, partly because he can't face school, but yeah. also can't face being with his sick mom all the time. Yeah. So he's Which is just compelling sort of, to me. Yeah, but and that's a latchkey kid thing that is not – that unusual to see, but I think they do a good job of bringing him into the group and showing him that he does have a family of sorts that's not just his mother, but also mm-hmm. making him comfortable with his mom and being something of uh, a rock for his mom by virtue mm-hmm. of him being in the group. And I think that's a good arc. And I think that's you know a more compelling arc in some ways than anything that you could have seen on the original Power Rangers. I just I, I don't know I didn't connect with him as much I'm not sure I mean I don't maybe it's just not being a latchkey kid and not really getting what it's like to just wander around by yourself after school a lot and I just I don't know I I, I just I, I I guess I just would have liked them to have them been maybe if he'd just been introduced a little differently in the first part I mean I get that maybe he's obviously <laughs> a little slower to open up to people given all of what you just explained Andy but it did seem like it was just with both him and uh, what's Becky G's character's name is it Trini. Uh, Trini. Trini, yeah, like it was just with her. It was like I said, not talking, and him. It was just like he was vaguely being an asshole, which I guess it's not like inconsistent with the rest of his character. But I don't know. It just it was just such a bizarre introduction, at least the way I well, read it. Maybe part, I, I'm not opposed to watching it again, and I, maybe I'll pick it up a different way when I do. Part of it is him being an asshole. Part of him is just like overcompensating, right? And he's just like being aggressive. Like he doesn't care about the consequences of his actions, right? Yeah. He doesn't yeah. care about what hitting the rock is going to do. What um, taking these coins out is going to do what jumping over this this <laughs> like mountain way is going to do right he's just like he's so overcome with like i don't care what happens to me syndrome that to me i i understood it and i felt it and then you get like the softer side and you sort of see why he acts that way it's just like he has this mom and he's the only one that can take care of her and it's a lot for a teenager to deal with and um i don't know i i liked it I mean, I think that there's three characters who are really sort of nihilistic at the beginning mm-hmm. of their arcs. I think Zach yeah. is. Yeah. I definitely think that Naomi Scott's Kimberly is. And yeah. I think the Red Ranger is. And I don't think Becky yeah. G is necessarily nihilistic so much as she is just sort of detached. Um, but these are kids who you know, see themselves as dead-enders, which is way different from what the original Power Rangers is. When they, these were you know, basically cool kids who happen to have this cool side job, too. Mm-hmm. Um but this is a darker Power Rangers. And the, I mean, the movie is literally, for about the first hour, so very dark. Everything is a dark blue or a dark green. Like they The town don't is do just dark anything. looking in general. 
this 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 town is Angel Grove, and Angel Grove in the original TV series always stood out to me because it looked like it was supposed to be San Diego, where <laughs> and there Angel Grove here is like Seattle. Um, and I'm sure they shot it in Vancouver or something, and that explains all of the darkness. But at the same time, it's weird to see a Power Rangers movie that is as dark as the TV series was bright. And you know, you know the suits themselves are everything is sort of muted, metallic. Uh, the Zordon command center thing is not this huge, bright light lined everything. Yeah. It's it's kind of stark and metallic too, and it's a really different and interesting choice, I think, to make Power Rangers dark while also retaining a lot of the cartoon edge. Yeah, I I agree, um, and I think that's sort of like a more trendy than anything for the times sure. now. Well, um, did you see? You know, there was a Power Rangers short a couple years back, mm-hmm. which I don't know if either of you saw. No. I think I did, man, but I, honestly, I don't remember. So that that takes it all the way right. Like, that is mm-hmm. a, a gritty, everybody dies, it's post-apocalyptic. Like, that is Power Rangers for sure. the minor group of people who wanted Power Rangers to be actually about war and death and famine and pestilence. And I don't think this is about that at all. Right. Obviously, it's a mass market reboot, but taking some of that darkness and adding it to the light and sort of absurdity of the lightness in the original series makes for a more interesting thing. That's what we got. Yeah, I mean, I'm, uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I like Josh said, I, I was sort of taking a lot back to Project Almanac and just the relationship building, um, and. I don't know. I keep thinking like if this was just a one-off movie, if he would have done it different and I feel like he would have, but I think you sort of have to save some stuff that you want to do or some maybe arcs that you want to put in there for some of the characters because it's going to be two, three, four, five movies. Yeah, that's fair. I, think, I mean, the most compelling thing about Power Rangers, I think most kids would say is the introduction of the Green Ranger, which obviously isn't in this movie. They're yeah. Get with, the sequel, but you can't burn that in the first movie if you know you're going to make a cinematic universe or a sequelized series or something like that. Yeah. Um, I will say this, that um, I thought that they did a better job convincing me that, that RJ was dead than Superman being dead in Batman v Superman. <laughs> well, he was? He was dead, right? <laughs> yeah. So, well, sure, yeah. I mean, this yeah. is—I don't know, because like I knew—I—I I didn't know how it worked as far as there being like five or six, or there being green one. Like I had no idea yeah. if that was coming. So I thought, well, I know that I knew there was other colors other than those. I just—I don't know. I, so I was just like, oh, I guess they'll just bring another one in in the next movie at one point because they—they did almost. <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, I kept it in my mind that there's definitely going to be a way they can bring him back to life if they want to, but. I'm not like assuming he's gonna do that. I'm not assuming that's gonna happen either. So, and whereas in Batman v Superman, it's like I never for one second actually bought it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's just the comparison that I thought of as soon as like that ten minute scene happened. Um, and a lot of my make fun of movies things just go back to it's DC universe. So I don't know. I just wanted to bring it up. Um, I think this this does a better job in a lot of ways of grounding itself in at least some danger and fear. Yeah, and then they're kids, and it does make sense that these kids aren't necessarily actual superheroes. They don't get their morphing suits until you know, mm-hmm. hour thirty minute mark of the movie. But it also, you, you, I don't think 
I went in obviously knowing the Power Rangers storylines up through a certain point pretty well. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, if you're somebody who'd seen the originals and knew them fairly well, I think, but at the point when he dies, quote unquote, they haven't gotten in the Zords yet. And certainly yeah. they haven't had the big boss battle with the big enemy that you got in every Power Rangers episode. And I think yeah. you couldn't. It, it didn't make any sense for that to be the end of the movie. And so it doesn't really work as a fake out, but it works for character development. So, For sure. Um, Josh, what did you think of Elizabeth Banks? Uh, I didn't like her as much as I wanted to. I, I actually, I mean, I, I generally do like her in most movies. I, I, if you go on my Letterbox account and look at my s- stats, it, it can show you like who you've actually seen in the most movies by by which actor. It can show you, and I've actually seen her in more movies than any other actress. I mean, some of those are smaller roles, wow. but it's like I'm actually like she's been in just a lot of stuff actually, and I've, I usually like her. But here, I. I mean, maybe it's just me not necessarily uh, – and I, I agree. It looked like she was having fun, and usually that makes me like it a lot more. But I was just – I didn't actively dislike it, but I don't think I was enjoying it on the level that it seems like a lot of people probably are. I got a big laugh out of the Krispy Kreme shot, and yeah. and that I don't know. That was just a cool sight gag for a minute, and uh, I don't know. It just – I guess it was like I, res- I got that like – I get it. She has to go for it in a movie like that. And just given what everyone's relationship with this show, they want it over the top and I can enjoy over the top in certain ways and different kinds of movies. But I don't know. This didn't like this. This is totally do it for me in the way I was hoping for when I heard she was going to be in this specific movie. Yeah. I, uh, I think I, I basically agree with Josh hundred percent. Um, did you guys, uh, a lot of people criticizing the product placement in this movie. I really wasn't bothered by it at all. I wasn't either. I mean, I think it's actually it's really funny. I think that the Christmas. Yeah, I thought I enjoyed it. I thought it was funny. That was the. Like, was there anything else they did it with? There's something else. Yeah. Um, fuck, I don't remember off the top of my head, but okay, there well, was there was definitely some like blatant shots. Now, but, uh, yeah, there were some blatant like shots of product placement, or whatever. Um, I, Andy mentioned. There was something with a phone, I think. Um, might maybe help, might help their bottom line some. I mean, I don't. I, I, I mean, yeah. there's definitely going to be more movies, but I don't. It actually hasn't like killed it at the box office, um, all things considered. So. Yeah. Um, Andy was talking about uh, his favorite scene, or maybe you just thought your the best scene was uh, with the piss in the cup scene, which was really good. I actually, the I think the thing I most enjoyed it was just a small thing was when Jason goes over to RJ's house for the first time and his mom mm-hmm. opens the door and says, Oh my God, Jason Scott. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like, wait, why does she know? Like, well, here's uh, the other just, thing too. Yeah. Is Jason Scott the most famous high school quarterback in the history Ever. of high school quarterbacks? Easily. Apparently everyone in town knows him. This dude face. is biking across town and everyone's traffic is stopping to look uh-huh. at him. And he's like this five, eight quarterback. Yeah. Like, I want to say, I want to say one, I want to say something about off brand Zach Efron and that like that guy, when they first there's that first shot of him in like the trophy case at the high school and football pads and he looks totally ridiculous. I was like, I'm not, I'm like, I'm not, <laughs> yeah, I, like I was like, 12. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to be able to take this guy seriously. I don't care. Like not just, it's not just that he looks too much like Zach Efron. It's just like it, that shot just looks totally ridiculous. They're going to try and make me think he's like some awesome quarterback. And while they don't keep stop referring to him as an awesome quarterback, like I do think that dude, all things considered is actually a decent enough actor that like that stuff didn't bother yeah, he me. He overcame it, right? Yeah. He overcame sure. it. And, and yeah. I liked him right from the go. Like that, like as ridiculous as that did, tension scene is is and just like 
det- I don't, I don't, I mean, I was never in detention in high school. Shocker there, guys. But, uh, but like, I just didn't go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I mean, like, did they do it in like a dungeon like that? And then they had that bully kid. I'm like, oh my God, this is the most ridiculous bully ever. That kid was- looked like, uh, mini Ed Sheeran, right? Yep. Sure. Off brand yeah. Ed Sheeran. Yeah, there you go. Yep. Yeah. And, it, but like, it was, um, like just the way they like I thought he was pretty cool in that scene where he called him out he was kind of almost like an audience surrogate at that point like okay that's exactly what I was thinking so the movie's more self-aware that I'm thinking and that character is uh, uh, or, or that actor is good enough to deliver those lines and now I'm kind of back in because I was for a second when you have this corny boy I'm like I'm out but I mean off band Zac Efron for the most part was like pretty good going forward from that point and like I, I enjoyed spending time with him yeah me too um, I think that it, it, there was a point about 10 minutes in when you thought this could have been really a good send up of high school and then they just spend very little time in high school at all. But it's obviously, this is a movie that's self-aware enough to make that bully character an obvious joke and not actually a threat, but also doesn't really have, there are obviously things that you can import from project Almanac and say, look, this is the exact same thing here and it's working here too. They just don't follow all the way through with it. Yeah, because I think you can't, but the the movie loses a little for it. Well, I think that movie is a little bit more of a mature, like, storyline in terms of, like, the characters, like, because they're going to college, right? And these people are rooted in high school. Um, So two things. The first thing is... I actually think the vil- the bully guy actually works really well when you're putting him with RJ because RJ's character is sort of like spacey about it and doesn't really yeah. like – he's I not mean, really that's... like super threatened. But uh, He's like threatened but not in like a – he just – because he's weird. He's just like – He's, wow, just, this, he's this just, just aggravated weird. by it. Well, yeah. and this, that, he's, this also super, really he's also kind of super Jack compared to the boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is I think a really good portrayal of somebody who's on the autism spectrum and who says he's on the autism spectrum Yeah, because they mention it. Uh, yes. He's clearly acting that way, yes. but it's also not over the top. It's really sensitive. It doesn't. It doesn't really end up mattering, but it's an actual thing that sticks with him through the movie. You know, it's it's not just a quirk. It's not just a trait. It's something that affects his character without being his character. And I thought that was weirdly very subtle for a movie that is obviously very broad strokes. Becky G's character revealing that she's probably bisexual. Another. <laughs> really subtle thing that i didn't think a power rangers movie would necessarily handle correctly but i think they actually did they did yeah it was really well done yeah, full um, confession i, I kind of missed it <laughs> what really those did. the fire scene the yeah. i think you can totally you can totally miss that because it's that subtle fair well wow. and i think that's okay yeah because he was like boyfriend troubles and then he's like girlfriend troubles and then she like started talking about her her parents oh. not understanding her oh. crowd she hangs oh, okay. out with and stuff. I guess they almost played that much. They played that a little bit for a laugh. So I just kind of took that as him making a joke, and then her just like he, he, in general talking about being an outsider was what I. I think yeah. it is kind. It's kind it's of a both. joke. There's a joke yeah. that everybody gets, and they're all laughing at together rather than laughing. Yeah, at her, you know? yeah. Sure. It's more of like an inclusive joke than anything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The other thing I was gonna say that. This movie is actually it's it's kind of refreshing to see like a teen um, movie because uh, full full confession I mean if you've ever listened to us Josh and I watch like almost every high school teen whatever uh, movie regardless of like what kind of genre it is um, and it's kind of refreshing to see a movie like this that can go on for two hours and be interesting that doesn't uh, revolve around uh, romantic relationships. Yep, good point. 
Like they, they are, they're, they're obviously like trying to hint it a little bit with that, with the with the um, Jason and the other and Kimberly. Yeah, but like well, they uh, have, but then that that maybe that'll happen down the road. But I like it didn't really. You're right. I like that it didn't really make that a main focal point. They have Zach land on Trini at some point, right? And they play yes. it off as like you get away from me. He like, says like she, he says like good morning or something like that, and she's like, yeah. "Nah, bro." Ew, <laughs> gross. Go away. Yeah. And it, and that uh, that made a whole lot of sense. You know, it was agreed. this movie is not going to be that. Here's your one joke about it. Yes. Yeah. And and and, and again, there. I think Dean is very self aware, um, and I think he tells the actors to be self aware. Um, I actually, I didn't honestly, I didn't know Brian Cranston was in the movie until the opening scene. I guess I just didn't pay enough attention to it. Um, but that was a nice surprise. Oh. You missed him on Colbert in full Power Rangers suit doing an interview for the show or yes. the movie? Well, Project Almanac on... Project Almanac's one of Anthony's favorite movies the last few years, and he didn't even know it was the same director until I told him. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I didn't know it was the same director either. I, I mean, yeah, I just been like – I just didn't want to know. I just want to watch the movie. and um, But yeah, no, I mean I – I think I probably like Project Almanac like a little better than this movie, but this movie is still like, I don't know. I I liked it. I would, I would tell people to go see it if they ask. I don't know if I don't know you said you liked it less than us, Josh, but I I mean I'd say this it's just it's been a it's a slow few weeks right now um, for the movies, so I wouldn't I, I don't know if I would tell someone not to see it because I think some people if anyone was a Power Rangers fan when they were a kid like they're gonna get something out of it, so I would say go see it. I would just say like. In my opinion, not as good as it could have been, but I'm still like not going to tell someone to avoid it because I do think it has potential to get better, and I, hopefully it keeps the same director. I'm not opposed to it getting different, or just do it's doing a little better storytelling going forward. But yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna really talk shit. I just you guys definitely liked it a little more than I did, though. Yeah, I mean, here's here's the real question: Did you guys notice the original pink and green rangers in the scene at the end? Did you notice that cameo at all? Uh, no, I wasn't paying no, attention. No. Oh, so, so two, the, two of the actors from the show? Yes, the original Pink and Green Ranger, who were basically the focus of the show for the first, I don't know, four or five years that ran in America, are in the crowd at the end. Spoiler alert, the Power Rangers win. Um, and they're in the crowd at the end taking video of the next For now. <laughs> right. Um, and you can obviously tell because they linger on them for probably 10, 15 seconds that these are, yes, Kimberly and Tommy from the original. Hmm. Um, but I think that's – if you are the kind of person who would see that scene, who, who could see it, Kimberly and Tommy being together or at least friends and in Angel Grove after however many years, um, and that is a scene that means something to you, definitely go see it. If that doesn't mean anything to you – and maybe go see it. So it's like, been over, it's been over twenty years since their show was on, right? Like that's I pretty think, impressive that you recognize them. I think. Well, here's the thing: Tommy is now an MMA fighter who uh, yeah. is constantly making news by challenging people who he has no chance against. And Kimberly's <laughs> Kimberly is, I think, the only one of the original Power Rangers actors who has gone on to act. She was on something on CBS for a while, Flashpoint, I think, or something. Yeah, like Flash Forward. No. Flash no. Forward is a bad show. Flashpoint is just a CBS show, which means it's completely <laughs> – kind of the same. Shows, it's a pretty big Venn diagram overlap yeah, there. <laughs> I mean yeah. CBS shows I think are just immune to the concept of good and bad at this point. They're just CBS TV shows. Um, that's so the we, podcast we're launching. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you guys have anything else to add, but briefly, we, we, did, we sort of 
mentioned it, but visually I thought it was really good. I liked all the cool like effects with the water and them jumping down the water and the coins and the basically seamless transition into like when they're morphing. Um, visually, I thought it was really cool. Uh, I don't know how you guys, I guess, felt about it. No, that was one of my favorite parts of the movie is that I like how it looked and that's why I hope that uh, Dean sticks with it. And I, um, like I, that was honestly like it just it looked great like my you, you guys mentioned your favorite scene like i just i just thought it was shot really well i, I just as simple as it was i i really enjoyed the scene where they were jumping over the canyon uh, yeah yeah and they had a couple like um first person view shots like when he's riding the bike and a couple other things i can't remember or in the car too i think um yeah. which were cool little touches like mini tracking shots which were which were cool it does feel like they blew their GoPro budget on those shots, and these <laughs> these these shots are literally both in the first ten minutes of the movie. Yeah, so it's like we had these, or this is the second unit going out and filming these stuff, and we'll throw it in later. But you know, I thought it was dark. I think is the main thing I took away from it, at least from the first hour. Everything was black and blue and green, and I don't know that that's necessarily something that everyone's going to enjoy. But it does make sense, and the palette opens up towards the end of the movie, so I think that's yeah. out. But. It sort of follows their ascension. Yeah, I think so. Um, do you guys have anything else to add at all? Any other thoughts on Power Rangers? I was going to ask uh, Anthony or, or, or Andy, sorry, uh, just based on your knowledge of what you remember from the originals and the different villains that they might have fought, is there a direction you hope they would go in for the next sequel? I don't know. I think they send um, Goldar is the villain in this movie and was an actual character that had like, it existed for a long time in the original series. So it being defeated in this movie is not, it, it's a departure from that. And I don't think we've seen the last of Rita Repulsa. I think her being sent to the moon yeah. is something that echoes. I think she lives on the moon Transformers the series or something. Hmm. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I don't know exactly where they're going to go. Um, there's certainly some villains they could revive and, it's hard to do too much because they sort of hit the same beats over and over again, and it's more about uh, the green. The Green Ranger coming in is, I think, where they're probably going to go, and there are yeah. bunches of arcs that they do with that. Hmm. So yeah, but it yeah. doesn't. The antagonist doesn't matter so much. Yeah, I, I'm I'm all in for. Um, do you think they? Uh, do you think they cast an unknown for the Green Ranger? Do you think maybe they, like with the, kind of what they did with most of these kids? Do you think it'll be an actor we recognize for some reason? I don't know. It, it's hard. I kind of hope it's someone lesser because then they're just going to take this show from the other five. Yeah. Gotcha. But I, I don't know who, I mean, I'd have to think on it on, on who they it should be, but again, probably somebody act, weird. Just actually cast that guy. I mean, I'm <laughs> sure. down. I, I, but then, yeah. then you could have the, like, where they trade and one of them is the Red Ranger, but it's actually Zac Efron and Jason is the Green Ranger, but then you don't know, and then it's fun. I know. But I'm um, I think that was actually a plot at some point. In the <laughs> but I don't think that's necessarily the way they should be. I mentioned it earlier. No. I wouldn't be surprised if they try and go for someone a little more recognizable because I don't. I, I think they want to make this a thing, but it really didn't. It hasn't made a killing at the box office. It's at $117 yeah. million now on a $100 million budget. So like, I could see that just being like another card they can play just to try and make sure that they actually have better profit margins on the next go-round. Sure. But I, I do like it when it's not as uh, – I do like the I, – I, I, I like that they tried it this way. I like that it was 
mean, Elizabeth Banks, who was almost unrecognizable, was really the most recognizable name here. And like I said, her, her face wasn't present. Not that many people saw me and Earl and the Dying Girl. And like, mm-hmm. and Brian Cranston's mm-hmm. face isn't in it. Bill Hader's face isn't in it. So this is a movie. Cranston's face, face is kind of his face it. is kind of in but, it. And uh, but his face is kind of in it. But aside from that, it's like it's a it's a bunch of kids that we don't know and a director that directed a movie in Project Almanac that most people didn't see. That one made like thirty five yeah. million. So it's I, I like that they took a risk in entrusting this pretty popular piece of intellectual property with a bunch of people that we just didn't know. But uh, I, I don't know. It, 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 and I also think it would be weird if it was four actors or five actors that people don't know that well and then one person super recognizable. But it was just something I was thinking yeah. about, which I wanted to throw out there. The yeah. two people I think would be really interesting, and I'm just thinking about this for a couple of minutes, if you had Michael B. Jordan as the Green Ranger, oh that, would be, God, yes. that would be so good. Yeah. But then the other person who would never do it, like Michael B. Jordan has a much better chance of doing this, but Miles Teller as the Green Ranger would be a Yeah, I was thinking about that. But There's no way he'd do it. I want but. them to make the White Man Can't Jump reboot, so they'll be busy. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, MBJ and Teller are trying to do that. Um, absolutely. Th- Thomas Mann would be interesting, but it seems like an easy choice to say, um, given that like, him and RJ have that relationship already. Um, I don't know. I'd have to think about it. Who? It would. Ezra Miller would be good. Yeah, actually, actually, yes, I like him a lot. He's too big. He's he's got other things going on though. He's just gonna get that shit's gonna get shut down soon enough. So that's probably. Well, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, the the issue is that Power Rangers was never supposed to be. I don't think more than genre fair. Genre fair. Um, Sure. And I, I think that this is this is the exact level that it needs to be on. And the studio should probably realize, you know, we can make another really good movie or another good movie, at least in this same vein, or we could try to screw it all up by stunt casting somebody. And I, I just think that you do run the risk of the one person you bring in overshadowing everybody else. Yeah. And, th- and yeah. And yeah. if you bring in someone like those guys, the 17 million you're up is just going to go to their salary. So you're going to have to, you're going to have to make that up somehow too. Yeah, and I think the the problem too is that you can't. It'd be interesting to flip the gender and make the Green Ranger a woman, but they've yes. already called the Green Ranger Tommy. <laughs> um, I mean, you could have obviously a female Tommy, but it it I don't think it makes enough sense to find, uh, and you're just not going to find. I don't think the same woman who has the action e bona fides, but also the sort of jerk e bona fides to play that character. So Chloe. <laughs> she could, but is she, is she a big enough name? You know, yes. is she going to yes. be? Yes, I don't think she's so. like the perfect name. Uh, uh, she would do it. She's the she's the name who would do it. But I, I no 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 objections here, and she's the right age. Some of those other people we were talking about are uh, a bit older. I think than Naomi Scott, that's like twenty four. It's crazy. I think I oh, think really? the um, the guy who plays Zach is older too. Yeah. Right, right. But I, to to their credit, it didn't it didn't bother me. I didn't think not about a, it at all. Yeah. Not at all. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it would have been cool if it was a girl just to have three and three. Because um, I mean, I feel like you could tell they made efforts to to give the two girls some screen time and some like pa- like not power. What's it called? Just like some agency. Yeah, um, they, which is they, really they important. Have, pass the Bechdel test. They do test. have a conversation. It does pass the Bechdel test. Mm. I yes. noticed that too. Barely. <laughs> very, very barely. But they did pass it. 
Yeah. Um, you guys have anything else to add? Andy, anything else to add? Nah, I just, I think, um, you know, your mom's saying to you, my mom asked me when she we saw a commercial for, hey, this mm-hmm. comes out near your birthday, are you going to go see it? And I was like, no. But then I saw reviews that were decent for it, and I was like, no, okay, I'll go see it. I was pleasantly surprised, even yeah. beyond what the reviews said. So. Yeah. Um, where can we find you on? Decision. Where can we find you on the Twitter, Andrew? You can find me at at Andy Hutchins, A N D Y Hutchins, H T C H I N S. Or if you want to read me writing about the Florida Gators, at alligatorarmy.com. And on Xbox Live at also Andy Hutchins. Yeah, because I have a very creative Xbox Live now. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, what's your Twitter? Uh, at Josh Chernovoy, J O S H J U R N O V O Y. My Twitter is a clambake, A-K-L-A-M-B-A-K-E, podcast Twitter, 52in52pod, podcast email, 52in52pod at gmail.com. Uh, let us know what you guys think about Power Rangers. Um, anything else you guys want to talk about? I think we had a pretty good discussion about this movie, so um, looking forward to uh, next time we can have you on, Andy. Thanks for joining us again, man. What are we rebooting next? That's my question. White Man Can't man. Jump with Michael yeah. Jordan and okay. that's, that's our next 90s reboot. <laughs> yep. uh, I'm, I'm, I'm in. That. I'm in. Um, so thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you guys next time.